Today, we're actually uh, landing a plane, tying a bow on our Soul Prosperity series, okay? And if it's your first time here, don't worry. I'm not going to, you won't be lost. We're going to talk about something new today. But we are ending this, and it's actually been extended. Scott did an amazing job talking about our emotions. Wasn't that so good last week with Scott Smiley? Come on, so good. It is on our uh, website in our app. We have an app. You can listen to the whole thing. Um, it's a podcast and sounds great, and I, I encourage you to listen to it. I've listened to it. I was here, and I listened to it. I need to listen to it again. It was just really, really good. And so I want to just recap the whole series for you so we can kind of couch what we're doing today, okay? So um, before I do that, I'm just going to pray for the message, and I'm going to honestly pray for myself because what I have to say to you today is there's too much to say. So Holy Ghost has got to help me. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We bless your word, God, in my mouth. Come on, you can pray for me that way. I bless your word in his mouth. Thank you, God, that you're going to speak clearly. I need to hear you today, Lord. Every person in this room needs to hear you today. We need to hear what you're saying, see what you're doing right now. So we say yes to that. Open our eyes to the things of your eternal love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So our cornerstone verse is 3 John 1. Verse 2, this is in the Passion Translation. It says, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. And we've talked about many times, I'm just recapping, that when you want, if, if you want to know what somebody believes, listen to them pray. If you want to know how someone thinks about God, listen to how they pray. Their prayer life will tell you what they believe, you know. If they're praying for people to get smitten and struck and not smitten in a good way, like smote, you know, like lightning bolts from heaven, you know what they believe about the nature of God, that he likes to do that. And so, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, if, they, if you pray for your enemies, I know what you believe about how God treats his enemies. So this is a prayer from the Apostle John, the, the revelator, John the revelator. And he says, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. So what I hear John revealing to us is that health and wealth are soul issues. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, if you want to know what someone believes, that's what John believed anyway, that it's just as your soul prospers, that will, your health and wealth. Now, don't be condemned like if you have debt, things like that. I'm not saying you have a horrible soul. If you've been during this series, you would know that's not what we're saying, okay? We've talked about your mind. We've talked about how God gave you the mind of Christ. You have access to all the thoughts of God. Come on, that's, a good, that's good news. We say things like your thoughts are not our thoughts, but he gave you the mind of God, so they can be. Yes, uh-huh, Isaiah 55, that's old covenant, stating a current tense issue back then, but now we're in the new covenant where God gives you access to his thoughts. So not every thought you have is a God thought, hallelujah, amen, that's the truth, right? Come on, some of the thoughts you had on the way in today were not God thoughts, right, maybe, but that doesn't mean you don't have the thoughts of God accessible to you. Does that make sense? We talked about your will and that if we see the will of Jesus, we can become that type of willing being. And he was willing to go all the way to the cross. He was not willing to wilt in the garden. You're, you're going to have to go back and listen to this podcast because I cannot unpack this for you. But he was not asking for a way out of the cross in the garden. He was not. When he said, if possible, pass this cup for me, this cup was actually premature death in the garden. And I proved that. I, I am sure I proved it. I gave like 64 scripture references, all right, to prove it. Go listen. Yeah, they're shaking their heads. Those are here that, yes, he did. Go listen to the podcast. That's about your will. Jesus had an ironclad will. He was willing to obey God. And we saw that God's will is our capacity. God's will for you is your capacity. It's not a dangling carrot that you'll never get to. It's your capacity. 
Uh-huh. Woe is right. Go listen to that podcast. And then last week, Scott just did an incredible job talking about being true, being, being honest about our emotions, telling the truth about where we are so that we can call ourselves up to where we should be. You know, the kingdom of God is advancing. If you don't have a present tense awareness of where you are, you can't move forward. You can only advance from a known spot. You can't say, I advanced, if you don't know where you started. How do you know if you advanced? You have to know where you are. So presence, awareness is required for forward motion, right? And Scott did a beautiful job of that last week. So we've seen that we are those who need to steward our soul, knowing that we're the transition point of the things of God to the earth. That's what we've seen in this series. Amen? Amen. So today, I'm going to try and start a conversation. It's actually a really good thing, good for you, that I haven't been preaching the last two weeks. Because if I would have tried to preach the last two weeks, you would have gotten very, like, half sentences and things like that. Because I have been cooking, something's been cooking in me for three weeks now. My team knows that this has been a big deal. I have literally found something that... I uh, had to literally call people to corroborate. I had to call some, a Bible translator friend of mine to say, Am I, is this heretical? Because I cannot find anyone else saying it on the planet. I can't find it online. Google is not showing it. It must not be true, right? <laughs> so anyway, but he confirmed it, and it's, it's the word. I, Jesus, when he spoke, it says that he only spoke to the crowds in what? Using what? Parables, that's right. Parable is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word sod, which means mysteries. So he only spoke in mysteries. When God spoke through Jesus, it was a mystery being revealed. And sometimes not, not so revealed, just a mystery being spoken, all right? It was a proverb, a story, things like that. And so I believe that I found uh, some sod. I believe I found some mystery that is awesome and challenging. So... Here it is. I want to talk about the wineskin of your soul. I want to talk about the wineskin of your soul. I believe that your soul is a wineskin. I believe the Lord has shown me that. It comes from Mark 2. We're going to read the parable that Jesus, you, you know, you'll be familiar with it, but we'll read it in the Passion Translation. We have it for you. Um, we're not going to have all the scriptures for you because I like that sound of turning pages, and I like you being able to look in your Bible. So anyway, or the screen flip, you know, and just... If that makes a sound, if you got a really greasy thumb. Anyway, so this is when Jesus talked about the new wineskin. Who's new, heard new wineskins? You've heard this. You've probably heard plenty of messages. Don't tune me out because I'm going to say something that you haven't heard. I promise you. Or maybe you have. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So this is Jesus, uh, a, story, a parable of Jesus. Here we go. One time the disciples of John the baptizer and the Pharisees were fasting. So they came to Jesus and asked, why is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but your disciples are not? You know what they were doing? They were eating and drinking. Huh. I really enjoy, uh, I don't knock over sacred cows. I like to like, cut them up, grill them, and eat them. That's what I like to do. Jesus said to the Pharisees, not here, but at one point, and I'm sorry I don't have the reference, but he said to the Pharisees at one point, you, you know, you don't get with the times, basically. If I, you know, John sang a dirge, you did not mourn. I bring a party, you're not happy, is what he said. And he said, literally, he said, John neither ate nor drank wine, and you said he has a demon. But the Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and you call him a glutton. Did you catch what I just said? John drank wine. Or John did not drink wine. You call him a demon. Jesus did. 
just going to let that be what it is right there. It's, it's in your Bible. So Jesus knew about wine. The first miracle turning water into wine. Jesus did not get drunk because that would be a sin. But he knew about wine. This was a, a very prevalent example. So here's the question. You have to, the reason I'm saying that is because when it says, why is it that John's disciples and the disciples of Pharisees are fasting, but your disciples are not? He's saying, why are you over there having parties all the time? Why are you celebrating is the question. Are you following me? Why are you celebrating? And Jesus answered, this will make the next part make more sense. How can the sons of the bridal chamber fast when the bridegroom is next to them? As long as the bridegroom is with them, they won't. But the days of fasting will come when the bridegroom is taken from them. Meaning, the party guy is here. Like the, <laughs> what, what do you mean? How can you, what? You know? And then he says, and he explains that with these parables, and this is where we are today. Who would mend worn-out clothing with new fabric? When the cloth shrinks, it will rip, making the tear worse than before. And who would pour fresh new wine into an old wineskin? Eventually, the wine will ferment and make the wineskin burst, losing everything. The wine will be spilled and the wineskin ruined. Instead, new wine is always poured into new wineskins. Let's say that last part together. Say, new wine is always poured into new wineskins. I would like to suggest to you that the picture of the wineskin is a picture of your mind, will, and emotions. I'd like to suggest to you that contrary to popular belief, Jesus was not talking about the new covenant when he said new wineskins. Maybe he was. Hebraic teachings usually are both and, and he was a Hebrew teaching. All right, Greek is very linear, black and white, but the gospel is not black and white. It's every color of the rainbow, all right? It's, it's not clear. It's a mystery, all right? Come on. If, I love what Gigi said. If you lose the wonder of this thing, you've lost a desire for wisdom. Because when you cry out for wisdom, wonder is birth, meaning, oh, I saw something new. It's, it's wonderful. I, it's, I'm eating the bread of life. It's making me wonder. It's the wonder bread, right? It's just you're like, oh, my gosh, what is this? <laughs> it's the manna from heaven. It's the what is it. That's what, you know what manna means, right? It, the manna that fell in the wilderness, it means what is it. They said, what is it? Here it is. What is it? It's what is it. We'll call it what is it. Oh, tastes good. What is it? What is it tastes good? Yeah. And Jesus said, I am the bread that fell. I am the what is it. We're so, like, adverse. To, we're like, mystery, stay way over there, man. I don't understand it. It's confusing. That's not God. God is not a God of confusion. So every time you're confused, it wasn't God? No. God's not a God of confusion, but he is a God of nonsense. It's not always going to make sense to your brain. The lump of meat between your ears, you're telling me you can fit God in there? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so many have asserted and taught that the new wineskin is the new covenant or the new thing God is doing. I actually taught that. <laughs> and I'm standing up here saying, hey, I was wrong. Caleb was wrong. I'm willing to admit that. Because... I found something. It's just, it's amazing. Because I started asking questions. I was like, okay, new wine goes into new wineskins. Are you guys okay? Yeah? Thank you. Thank you for being here. I love your beautiful faces. I'm just excited about your faces. They're just gorgeous. So I'm looking at you in the face because you're beautiful. Anyway, Jesus is using this picture, and it's supposed to reveal something to us. It's the what is it. It's the parable. It's the mystery that reveals something to us, right? And so when he says the new wineskin, many think because... 
the Pharisees asked him about fasting and all that stuff, and he's the bringer of the new covenant. He must be talking about the new covenant. It's like an assumption. But if you, if you don't assume that and you take that filter off, you'll see something. Because I started asking questions. I was like, okay, new wine into new wine. I actually don't drink wine because I don't like it, and it gives me a headache. All right? Straight up. That's why. Um, but, hmm. Yeah, we're streaming. How much should I say about that? <laughs> yeah, I'll just stop right there. All right, so I don't drink wine, but I, st- but I know a couple things. Like, I thought to myself, isn't old wine better than new wine? I was like, wait a minute. Don't- new wine goes, and new wine's going, so we want new wine, and new wine says, but isn't the, like the 1924 Carbonet or whatever, you know what I mean? Isn't that better? Than the stuff you just crushed like last week, right? Like, I don't know. Somebody can tell me about this. I don't know about wine, but I thought old wine's better than new wine. And then I thought to myself, well, what do they do with the old wine skins? That's what I thought. And I was like, this seems a a little strange to me. And then I found something. Did you know that they do not throw away the old wine skins? They use them again. And there's a process. That's what we're talking about today. But first, I want to show you a picture. Show that first picture. This is like a 21st century wineskin, the very first one, Hyveson. Nope, not the the other one. The other one, quickly. Go to the other one. There we go, that one. This is a nice wineskin. This is a beautiful picture of a wineskin. New wineskin. Oh, look at this new wineskin. Oh, it's so pretty and awesome. Kind of like looks like a hipster's, you know, laptop case, you know, Got a nice strap on it. It's really portable. I love it. Oh, my gosh. That's like a 21st century wineskin. But the first century wineskin Jesus is talking to looked like this. All right. This is what a wineskin looked like in Jesus' day. That's a goat or a pig turned flipped inside out. That's what they look like. This is a new wineskin right here. Am I bothering you yet? Like, it's, this is what a first century new wineskin looked like. That wineskin is hanging there, and it's actually got wine in it right now. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a minute. And so just to give you some perspective, I have some, some drawings because there weren't pictures back then. That's made now, obviously, in the way that they made it before. But here's an artist's rendering of how big they would have been. That's a normal-sized guy carrying that sack of wine. Okay, come on, somebody. It ain't this little cute, like, hipster purse thing. It's like, (laughs) and this is what Jesus used to reveal the kingdom, this picture. (laughs) Yep. So I want you to go back to that other picture. I just want you to think of this thing right here. I know it's ugly and weird and all that stuff, but you need to get a picture. That's the new wine skin, all right? So let's take that down or else we'll all just stare at it. But here's the deal. Old wine skins were not thrown away. They were renewed. Somebody's going to get it right now. They were renewed. I'm going to give you the process. So this is what happened. They would make a wine skin and the wine would be placed in the new wine skin and that is where the wine would complete its fermentation process in the skin. Okay, so they would take a wine skin, they put it in the vat, you know, I've been, I've seen a first century wine press, they would crush it, and it would go in there, they'd dip it in there, and then they'd put it on their back, and they'd carry it home. And on, on the journey home, the few days or weeks or whatever they would take, it would ferment in the skin. 
okay? And the gases of the fermentation would actually stretch the skin to their capacity. I know that's a brand new wine skin because the skin isn't com completely stretched out. It's got wine in it, but the skin isn't stretched out. So that really ugly pig thing, and you see all those dimples and things like that, that's because the fermentation process is not complete. You would know that it's complete when it's at capacity, stretched out, completely smooth. Can you see this in your mind? Okay, good. So once it's at the capacity, they would pour out the wine and have a party. They would drink the wine, right, from the wineskin. Now, once it's consumed, or I'm sorry, once the wineskin is open, and I pray your spirit will catch this because I have a lot to say. I'm just going to keep going. I don't have time to sit, all right? Once it's open, it has to be consumed in three days or less. Otherwise, it turns into vinegar. And Jesus was offered on the cross wine mixed with gall. He refused it. The wine mixed with vinegar, that's what gall means. So if you try to carry the old self past the third day, <laughs> it ain't going to taste very good. Once opened, once ripped open, you have to drink it in three days. You can't carry the wine that's in there past the third day. And we can't carry the old self past the third day or else it's wine mixed with gall. Some have called that a picture of legalism. I have to keep going. Sorry. So after they drink it and the wineskins that's been stretched to capacity, it actually, once it's empty, it actually retains its shape because the fermentation process is so, uh, you know, violent basically that the skin doesn't immediately shrink back. It's still expanded. Are you getting this picture? Yeah, I really wanted to find a wineskin to, like, show you, but anyway, I, your mind's eye can do it, all right? So once it stretched the capacity, it would retain the shape of the fermentation process, and they would take it, and they would start to renew the wineskin, okay? And this is what they would do. And you're, some of you are going to get this, like, right away. It's beautiful. They would take water and wash it from the inside out. First step. They would take water and wash out the sediment from the wine, the sediment that settled in the skin. Wash it out from the inside out. <laughs> and then they would soak it in oil. And the oil would take the wineskin back to its original state. And it would be elastic again. It wouldn't be stretched out and stubborn, stiff-necked people. It would be elastic, stretchy, able to receive new things and begin the process over and over and over and over and over. And then they put new wine in there. And the process starts over. So the language here, when Jesus said new wine goes into new wineskins, the two words there for new, the two new words are different words. I know, that's like, it's wild to me too. I'm a geek about this stuff. My, my people know it. So here it is. The first word in uh, Mark 2, verse 22, when new wine is poured into new wineskins, the first new word is the word neos. All right? And it literally means new by age, like a baby. Like my son was in the neonatal intensive care unit, neonatal, brand new baby. So the first new word is brand new by age. The second word is kainos. And if there's any Greek scholars in here, you can check me on this. But it literally means innovated or renewed. Jesus said, baby wine goes into renewed wineskins. Fresh, new things never before seen on the earth don't go into old wineskins. They go into renewed wineskins. 
It's not that you sew up a new wineskin and put the wine in there. It's that it once carried something, then it got renewed, and now it carries something else. <laughs> new wine is poured into renewed wineskins. Now, this word kynos is used. I know it's, it's kind of like teacher Caleb right here. But the same word kynos is used in this very famous verse. It's okay, baby girl. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she just knocked over the giving station. Just knock it over. I forgot to announce it all together last week, giving. I just totally forgot. So just take it out, whatever. People really want to give, they'll find a way. I trust the Lord. I don't care about your money. I don't care. I don't. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that word renewal is anachinosis. By the completing the process of the kynos. Jesus said, new wine goes into kynos wineskins. And it says, be transformed by the anachinos of your mind. And then also in Colossians 3, we got the breaker anointing right now. That's what's going on. I'm breaking through some old crap right now. I am slamming through it. I am. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Colossians 3, 9 through 10 says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Guess what that word is? Neos. The new wine, same word as new wine, neos, new self. You have put off the old self and have put on the neos self, which is being anachinosed, renewed. The new self is being renewed. The neos self is being anachinosed. And no one pours neos wine into not kynos wineskins. I don't know the Greek word there, sorry. Instead, you put neos wine into kynos wineskins. Are you following this? When Paul said that in Colossians 3, 9 through 10, I totally believe he was either paraphrasing Jesus, an encounter he had with Jesus, or revealing that mystery of the wineskin. Because Jesus says, no one puts new cloth on an old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. And Paul says, you've taken off the old garments, and the new self is being anachinos. Same exact order of concepts as Jesus in Mark. Isn't that interesting? You know, Paul didn't hang out with Jesus, right? Like this, he got this by the Holy Ghost in the wilderness. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, you can talk about, <laughs> you know, that blows my mind. So if, if a couple things just to lay down right here. Wine is actually a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's Ephesians 5 verse 18 if you want to look that up. It says, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And that word is continually filled. Keep on getting filled with more and more. Uh-huh. That's why we drink. We say we, we feast. You know, communion is the act of taking the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, eating and drinking. Blood, red blood, red wine, you're getting the picture. Okay. So the spirit is a picture of, or wine is a picture of the spirit, and it says, Jesus said in John 8, 16, 13, the spirit reveals Christ and leads us into all truth. Are you following me? The spirit reveals Christ and leads us into all truth. That's John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, it will guide you into all truth, for it will not speak on its own authority, but whatever it hears, it will speak, and it will declare to you the things that are to come. So the new wine and the new self, same language. Here's what I, I see this as. The new wine, what is the new wine? It's the revelation of the new self, which is Christ. You following me? Neos wine, anachino, or kinos wineskins. 
The neo-self is being anachinosed. The new self is renewed. So what is the new self and the new wine? How do they lay on top of each other if we compare and contrast? All right? If Scripture interprets Scripture, which it should, then the new wine is a revelation of the new self because the Spirit reveals Christ. Are you following me? Can you go here with me? I know this is, we're, we're just starting to get deep. Or we just started. And we're going to get deeper. So hang on. Don't, don't say I don't get that. Don't, don't declare those things, all right? You get this. Your spirit is listening, all right? The new wine is a picture of the, the new self completely revealed. So Jesus was saying, I'm not going to put a revelation of myself into an old mindset. He was saying he's not going to put a revelation of himself into old actions and ways. Your will. Right? He's not going to put a revelation of his desires into your damaged emotions. You're not going to see a manifestation of who Jesus is in your emotions if they're not renewed. And he does it out of mercy. Because he knows if he put all that in the old wineskin, unrenewed wineskin, it would break you. You wouldn't be able to handle it. It would bust. New wine is the revelation of the new self by the Holy Spirit. The new wineskins is the renewed mind, will, and emotions that are able to receive the new thing of God. Now, I have so much to say about this. I'm actually writing a book called Renewing Wineskins. I have literally... Um, I think I'm on 12 pages of raw notes, not, not double space, just like, you know what I mean? Like, there are so many examples of this in Scripture. I'm only going to do what's on my iPad right now in this note, in the name of the Lord. We need to understand what a wineskin does. It carries the wine. I know that's really deep, but go with me here. A wineskin, its job is to carry the wine. We're carriers of Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory, right? We're carrying the revelation of Christ in us. Listen to this. We are carrying the revelation of Christ in us in as much as our minds are renewed. We're carrying the revelation of Christ in us in as much as we are willing and allowing our mind, will, and emotions to be made new. Here's the deal, because information, if I give you information, you will learn. You'll learn. If I give you new things, I gave you information, Neos, I've given you a lot of information already. You'll learn with information. But revelation, if I give you that, you will change. I got a revelation. Well, you still look like that old person, so I doubt it. Information means you learned. Revelation means you've changed. Because when we see him, we'll be like him. That's what happens. As we behold him as in a mirror, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we are transfigured into the same image. So if you see a glimpse of him, you will express him. So don't be condemned. It's so hard to say honest things in church anymore. Because everybody's had so many condemning preachers tell you that you're evil, you're rotten, all that stuff, and you suck, so you don't have a revelation. Caleb told me, we don't have, I don't have any revelation because I'm still dealing with old stuff. No, that's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Before Christ, you didn't get to choose what you carried. Before Christ, you were a slave to sin. You did not get to choose what you carried. And Romans 6, 20 through 21 says, when you were slaves of sin, when you were slaves of sin, let's say it real slow, when you were slaves of sin, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. 
Quit telling people. Quit telling people to fight battles that Christ already won. I'm serious, man. Stop it. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. You were carrying the fruit of death. How do you make wine? Come on. Grapes. Grapes are a fruit. Are you following? You were carrying the wine of the world, the worldwide wine in your wineskin, all right? It was the wine of the sin nature. You were carrying the old stuff, and you didn't get to choose it. You were a slave. You were a slave. We once carried also Ephesians 2, 1 through 2 says we carried the spirit of this age. You were dead. Hallelujah. That just tells me. That makes me so happy when I read these things. And you were dead. Oh, I'm reading it right now, so I must not be dead anymore. What? You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. This is the walking dead. This is the inspiration of that show, the zombie show. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Yeah, the Bible talks about zombies. It's Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, right here. You were dead in the trespasses and sins you once walked. I'm a zombie slayer. Did you know that? (laughs) Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So we once carried the spirit of the age. You ever seen a a liquor store, wine and spirits? Alcohol is a spirit. It's known as a spirit. You once carried the spirit of this age, and you didn't get to choose. But now in Christ, you get to choose what you carry. This is going to be... Exciting and challenging at the same time. Because you are given the responsibility of what you carry now. Before, you didn't have a choice. It wasn't your fault. That's why if you get mad at the world for acting like the world, you need a revelation. <laughs> Don't get mad at the world for being like the world. Don't get mad at that, that celebrity for acting like a worldly person. They can't help it. They were trafficked. They're trafficked. They're enslaved to sin. They don't get a choice. You need to get this in your head. They don't get a choice. Telling the world that they're horrible and things like that, they know. No one's got to tell them that they suck at, like, loving people and are bad at relationships and can't hang on to money. No one's got to tell them that. Someone's got to tell them there's a better option. Somebody's got to model a better option. I think if we get this wineskin revelation, the, the world will actually want to hang out with the church again. Because in Christ, we get to choose what we carry. Romans six sixteen says, do you not know? Hello? It's okay. If you don't know, I'm about to tell you. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are a slave of the one whom you obey? This is written to believers. This is written to Christians. <gasps> I'm not a slave of sin. You can choose to be. I'm no longer a slave to fear, unless you choose to be. This is the responsibility empowering gospel I'm giving you right now. It's on you. It's in you. The capacity is there. God gave you everything you need to succeed. He gave you his victory and then celebrates you for winning. (laughs) What? (sighs) You're a slave to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. 
Romans 6.22 says, Now having been set free from sin, because you are set free from sin in Christ, and having become slaves of God, that's the word bondservant, it's doulos, it means you've chosen your master, you have your fruit to holiness, you have it. And the end of it is everlasting life. There's a present reward and an eternal reward. There's a present reward of sinning. It's shame, things like that. But the end of it is death. There's a present reward of obedience. It's holiness on this side. And it's, the end of it is eternal life. There's a present reward and a future reward. And we often blend these two concepts and get into a lot of trouble. Because people will say, oh, see, I'm, I still act like the old, so I must not be completely set free. Anyone in Christ is sort of set free. The old has sort of passed away. The, old, the new has sort of come. Because we don't have language or revelation on what it means to renew the new self. And I'm trying to give it to you in 40 minutes or less. So we're going to look at this on screen. Colossians 3, 1 through 10 is a very, it's a beautiful sandwich of revelation, okay? So let's put it on the screen. I think it is. Yeah, Colossians 1, 3 through 10. If then, say if. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So if you know who you are, here's what you should do. You know who, now you do. All right, hoodoo. It's not voodoo, it's hoodoo. All right? If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, come on somebody, on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. All right, now listen. Let's just pause there for a minute. People take this and say, set your mind on things that are above so that you can be raised with Christ. Some people preach it this way. You might not notice it, but let me just tell you, a lot of people preach this verse saying, change the way you think so that you can experience the resurrection. No, no. Because you've experienced resurrection, start acting accordingly. Legalism says, you suck, get it together, come over here and be good. Grace says, you're way too awesome to be acting like that. Love calls you up, not out. It calls you up to who you truly are. It says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling you've received. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have already received. He calls you the beloved. Here's your call. I'll give you God's will for your life, to be loved. You're the beloved. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling you've received. What have you been called? The beloved. My name is the loved one. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. <laughs> and so are you. Be loved. So let's get this straight. If you've been raised to Christ, then do this. If you know who you are, now do these things. Not do these things to become who you should be. That's called paganism, dualism, neoplatonism, all right? That is, that's Plato. That's yin and yang. That's, there's two dogs on the inside of you. We'll feed the one you want, and it'll do, you know, that's the one that'll perform. That's lightness, light and dark dwelling together. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians, how can light dwell with darkness? How can Christ harmonize with the devil? It's a rhetorical question. They can't. So, what we're about to read is an unveiling of what you do if you get a revelation of the new you. Okay, you're okay. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, that verse has been talked about, like the millennium and the rapture and all that, you know. Stuff. I'd like to challenge you for a moment. 
Because Romans 8.29 says, those he justified, he also glorified, past tense. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So people say, in glory, the last day, you know, all that stuff, you know, the second coming. The words second coming aren't even in your Bible. It's not. And I'm just going to get on my little pedestal for a minute. The words antichrist aren't in the book of Revelation, and neither is the rapture. I'm just, now I'm off. I'm off. Okay. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. The, rab- the, the book, last book of your Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the antichrist. It's not even in there. Find it. Tell me. Correct me, please. Go home and find it. At least you'll read it. So, <laughs> when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Those he justified, he also glorified. You've already been glorified. You just don't see it. And if you see him, you'll see it. When Christ, who is your life, appears to you, do you know the Romans 8 says that all creation is groaning for the rapture? No, it doesn't say that. Do you know it says it's groaning for the second coming? No, it says it's groaning for the unveiling of the sons of God. That word unveiling is the word apocalypse. The whole world is groaning for your apocalypse, for you to be unveiled to you so that you can act and walk in a manner worthy of the calling you've already received. Okay, I have to keep going. Put to death, therefore. Now, therefore literally means you have to ask, what, if I hear the word therefore, what is it therefore? <laughs> Put to death, therefore. What is this therefore, therefore? Wherefore, therefore? <laughs> All right? We can't just take this and, whoopsie, I'm a sexually immoral person. I'm an impure person. I'm an evil, desirous person. I'm a covetousness person because I have these things. Oper- no, no. If you've been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above. And that's the context for this. Put to death, therefore, because of that, because of who you truly are, put to death how you're acting. You're way too awesome to be acting like this. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. So if these things happen, you should say, that is so unlike me. I just got angry. I just said an obscene thing. That is so unlike you, Caleb. If you've been raised with Christ, you're allowed to say that. Oh, Lord. Okay, so ver- the last part of it. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off. Let's put it on there. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. And with its practices, hello, you have put off the old self with its practices. Galatians 5.24 says, all who have belong to the Lord have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So the flesh is gone, but not the passions and desires. Read your Bible, Gal- Galatians 5.24. It's gone. You have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, the garment, brand new robe of righteousness, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. God is renewing wineskins, people. The only thing that gets renewed in the kingdom of God is the new thing. We're all trying to renew the old thing. We're all trying to counsel the old man. You can't counsel the old man. you got to kill him. Jesus did not come to give you a self-improvement program. He came to kill you. 
Galatians 2.20, we say, oh, I've been crucified with Christ. Do you know what it means to be crucified? It means to die. Pick up your cross and carry me, or carry, carry it. Follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. Where? To Golgotha and die? People walking around with a cross on the street, it's just a very strange picture to me. I'm sorry. It's like, are you, are you, 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 are you lost? You, did you get lost on your way to Golgotha? You know what Golgotha literally means in the Aramaic? The skull hill where Jesus, it means the place of the skull. And until the cross pierces your skull, and you lean not on your own understanding, you get a little cracked, <laughs> open your mind to these things, you'd be carrying crosses too. You went into the baptismal tank with a cross. You came out with a crown. If then you've been raised, then do these things. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed. So this is not about getting the new thing in you. This is about carrying the new thing well. <clears throat> so here's what he's doing. Have you heard the washing of the water of the word? That's Ephesians 5. He's washing you with the water of the word, removing the sediment, the old, the old mindsets. That's what he's doing. He's then soaking you in the oil of encounter with the Holy Spirit so that you'd be able to get back to your first nature, right, your, your original intent. And for us to carry him well, we have to be willing to see him in a new way. We, for him, us to carry him to others, we have to receive more and more revelation of who he is. The wineskin of our soul is being renewed so that we can communicate the revelation of the new self, who is Christ. What did I say wineskins do earlier? What did I say? What do they do? They carry the wine. You couldn't choose what you carry. Now you can. Here's how it works. Imagine a wineskin. Okay, imagine I'm a wineskin. And here's the unseen realm on this side. Here's the seen realm, all right? The, the wineskin is neither good nor bad. It's just a carrier. Your mind, your will, and emotions, it's neither good nor bad. They're not evil. They're not good. They're just carriers. They're vehicles. They communicate. The only reason I can say anything to you is because my mind has thoughts, right? I'm communicating, right? So I'm a wineskin. Here's unseen. Here's seen. You can go into the unseen and pick up whatever the heck you want. You choose what you carry. You can go into the unseen and pick up unforgiveness and carry it back into the seen realm. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to ferment. It's going to expand you, and it's going to show. And then it's going to be poured out, and somebody's going to taste it. Or you can go into the unseen realm and pick up the forgiveness of Christ, a revelation of it, and carry that into the seen realm. And that's going to expand you and show one day soon. Coming to a wineskin near you. <laughs> this is how it works. So this explains the tension we're in as believers. We know our identity is not based on our actions, but based on his final act of the cross. Amen? We also know our behaviors don't always line up with our true self, which is hidden in Christ. Why? Because you choose what you carry. So though God is not treating us, you need to hear this. Though God is not treating us according to our behaviors, but according to our true self, even though that's true, he is inviting us to carry the new self into the natural realm. He's inviting us to become new in the way we think, act, and feel so that we can carry the fruit of the Spirit into the earth. You carried the fruit of death. Now you're supposed to carry love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the vine you're supposed to be carrying and dispensing. This is why I said if we get a revelation of this 
And we wouldn't condemn ourselves if we have a bad thought. We would just wash it out with the water of the word and soak in the encounter of the Holy Spirit. We would become those who can carry love, joy, peace. Because those are really good things. Against such things there is no law. If this place was full of people who only loved, who only had joy, who only had peace, who were only patient, who were only kind, you get it. Who actually could control themselves instead of trying to control others. They just focus on controlling themselves. Spirit of God has given you the spirit of self-control, not other control. That's called witchcraft, all right? So don't pray so that someone will act different. Pray for yourself. Get a new wineskin going. All right? So if we did that, these doors would be, we would have lines out the door. People would be waiting in line to come to your house. I just feel so loved around them. I feel they're so happy. Oh, my God, I, I was so rude to them, and they were so patient. They actually control themselves under difficult situations. I've never seen that before. If we go into the unseen and pick that up, which is what we're being invited to, and carry it, it might not happen immediately, but that thing's going to ferment and expand you. And all of a sudden, someone's going to go, man, something happened to you. You, oof. I need that. Here's the deal. Your nature is brand new. Your new self is here. You were made brand new all the way through at salvation. And now you choose what you carry. That might sound like kind of cruel. because Some of you are saved when you're young. I was saved when I was eight. But if we had proper teaching about this, there is no junior Holy Spirit. The day you get saved, it's all a blank slate. But the devil is a legalist with a pad of all your old thoughts, ways, actions. And he shoots them like fiery arrows. And you're supposed to raise the shield of faith saying, that is not me anymore. I am new. 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 That's not me. That's you, devil. I'm not depressed. You're depressed. This, I'm new. I'm new. I'm new. I'm new. But instead, we're taught, you're sort of new. You're sort of new. There's half old, half new. How many of us were taught that you're a dual being? That what you carry is a mixed wine? We've been teaching the wine mixed with gold in the church. Jesus refused it on the cross. So should we. You can choose to carry the old ways of your old self beyond the third day. You can do that. It's possible. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give me a testimony. Someone can testify. It's possible to act like the old self. Hello? Uh Uh-huh. Let me talk to your wife. She will tell me. All right? Talk to my wife. She will tell you doesn't make me not new. It means I'm not allowing my mind to be renewed in a way that can carry the revelation of the new self. The new self needs to be renewed. Even if we carry the new thing, I have to finish with this. Even if we carry the new thing God is doing today, it will ferment within us and eventually manifest. Then we will need to be reshaped into a pliable state once again in order to carry the new thing God is doing. Okay, so God used to do, uh, I don't I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, but today's new thing is tomorrow's old thing. So even if you carry the new thing today, you still got to get renewed tomorrow. So it's not even if you carry a bad thing or bad thoughts. It's not even about carrying bad. It's just going to happen. You're going to get expanded by what you carry. You're going to pour it out. And then you got to get washed in the water, revelation of the word, soaked in the oil, encountering the Holy Spirit so that you can carry the thing he's doing right now. Jimmy Borrego actually prophesied. I don't know if you know you're prophesying over me, but he said this next reformation is going to be a teaching reformation. 
It's a teaching. It's a revelatory teaching reformation. It's not going to look like what happened yesterday. I mean, like last week, yesterday, whatever, like an hour ago, God is doing a new thing. Revelation 21.5a, and I'm going to have the restoration team come up with this. Go on, come on, guys. Come on up. Revelation 21.5 says, he who was seated on the throne said, Christ, who's seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Say it with me. I am making all things new, even the new things. Even the new things. God is renewing wineskins. And he's inviting you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's inviting you to get a new mindset, to change the way you think so that you can carry the goodness of God into your every day. Don't go condemning yourself if you're not carrying it well. Just let the word wash you out. Let the spirit soak you up. You'll get the new thing you'll carry. Okay? This is not dual nature theology. This is new nature theology. This is the new self gets renewed. Amen? All I've done is started a conversation because I have so many things to say about that. And I'm just going to throw the handbrake because we start on time, in on time, every time I'm preaching. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this revelation that you are renewing wineskins. Thank you, God. Show us the truth of your words. Show us. Continue to unveil Christ in us, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Bless you guys. Have a great day. Have a great day.